McShane, day 99. Tomorrow we get our 100th day of going through this Bible study. And we're starting in Leviticus 13. And this is all about leprosy and, and the rules of leprosy. And, uh, you know, you can see when the people had to go around looking pretty shabby. And they had to be yelling out, unclean, unclean, if they walked around other people. Mm-hmm. And so you see what a big deal this was. Like, no one was to touch them. When Jesus uh, came and actually paid attention to them and healed them, that was extremely shocking to everybody because the law specifically said you don't do that, right? Mm-hmm. The, the only thing that stood out to me as being relevant to us is um, that it, it says over and over again that if you have something that might or might not be leprosy, that you uh, present yourself to the priest, you go hang out for seven days, kind of away from people and see what develops. And after seven days, the priest examines you. Many people think that... The, so we're something like the year 5881, I think. 5781? Sorry, 5781. I think that's the Hebrew, the biblical year that we are. And, um, and so assuming that's correct... Um, People, well, people think, uh, a lot of people think there's going to be six days or 6,000 years of time sort of going on the way it's been going. Mm -hmm. And then the thousand year reign of Christ where Satan is locked up that Revelation Mm -hmm. talked about is going to be that 7,000, you know, that that last thousand, that seventh Mm -hmm. day on the seventh day, God rested, right? And then Revelation talks about after that, Satan is let back out <laughs> for, for a final battle. And, um, and then there's kind of an end, right? And, and then the, everything is, is new. And, and I, I, the Lord hasn't revealed anything about that. I haven't sought him about those sorts of things. So I, maybe a little bit, which I won't get into. But for the most part, I don't worry myself on that. The Lord hasn't taught me on that. So I'm just kind of talking about what people think and they might all be wrong right so they think that in 300 years of the thousand years well that's what's interesting because most of those same people feel like it's about to happen so you know i i guess you could have that belief and say well it's around it's not exactly um, well in the course of seven thousand it's pretty Pretty small, but also I that that wouldn't shock me at all if it's gonna take. Well, it's not three hundred; it's closer to two hundred. What two hundred nineteen? It wouldn't shock me at all if we have two hundred nineteen more years to go for for the bride to make herself ready, for the many sons of God to raise up, for the kingdom to be very much established while still in great battle. Mm-hmm. Um. With the sons of God rising up. Like, that that stuff's going to take time. Mm-hmm. People that think Jesus is returning tomorrow, they're dead wrong. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff Scripture talks about that has to happen first. So I would not say, I mean, do I like the idea that Jesus returns in my life? Yeah, I like that <laughs> idea, you know, that'd be cool. And and maybe, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not against it. The Lord hasn't told me that any when he's coming back. But it would not surprise me at all if we have another 200 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I, I'm not saying it, I don't know. It doesn't seem 
like it would probably fall exactly on the 6,000th year. <laughs> Anyways, all that to say, there's, there's some thinking out there along those lines, and it makes some sort of sense. Um, and How'd that come up? And also, Jesus's time frame was a, around halfway, and there's a lot of three and a half years. Anyways, um, so you see the priest, the, the person that has leprosy presents himself to the priest after seven days. And the priest mm-hmm. declares he's either clean or unclean. So you see this mm-hmm. picture of all of mankind presenting themselves before the throne of God, before Jesus. And he's determining whether we're clean or unclean. You see that? Mm-hmm. We're going to next do Psalm 15 and 16. And so... Uh, 15 is David asking, you know, a powerful question. Oh Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? So he says, who gets to be in, in the temple, the tabernacle of the Lord, right? Who gets to come into this inner place? Who gets to climb the holy Mount Zion? And he's going to go give uh, several verses where he's giving all kinds of examples, but he really sums it up in verse 2. He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart. So he says, these, those who live according to the Lord's way will come up his holy mountain. And then we move to Psalm 16, which starts, this is of David. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. That's a truth for all of us, right? No matter what... You know, we're all better at this little thing or that little thing than something that someone else, right? Mm-hmm. That we're worse at some things than some people. We're better at some things than some people. We, we might think that we're kind of good because of this. But David understands the truth. He says, I have no good apart from you. I'm only good in you. You are the only good thing in me. As mm-hmm. for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. You know, David dedicated his life to the Lord in a way that most people don't. Mm -hmm. So as we said, I think it was yesterday, you know, he was a man after God's own heart. Uh, But you can see his heart that... He says, the Lord is his life. The Lord is his good. He's his lot, his cup. And and what's the benefit of that? Like the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. He's got a beautiful inheritance because he's given himself to the Lord. Like seven, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel in the night. Also, my heart instructs me. I set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. So he's continually seeking the Lord day and night. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. His heart, he realizes there's more important things than his flesh. But because his life is in the Lord, his heart, his whole being, even his flesh is secure. 10. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. I think it's Peter that quotes this. I can't specifically remember. I'm just kind of assuming it's an axe. And Peter is explaining to the people, look, 
You think David was talking about himself? He says, we know where David's tomb is. We could, we could dig him up right now, and you would see his bones have, you know, corrupted, right? They're, <laughs> he's, not, he's not sitting there as a perfectly preserved person. David was talking about the Messiah. The Lord was speaking through David. He was talking about Jesus. And Jesus' body is not corrupted. He is riven, risen from the grave, right? Mm-hmm. 11, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So, you know, this, this way of Jesus, this way, the truth, the life, it's a path of life. The fullness of joy when we live according to this way. Obedience to the Father. Right? Mm-hmm. And next we're in Proverbs 27. So I actually highlighted a few of them. 14. Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted as cursing. So what it means is measure your words. And, and even if you're saying the right thing, if you're saying it at the wrong time, mm-hmm. it's not right. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Um, 21. The crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold, and a man is tested by his praise. We actually talked about this last night. Ariana brought this up. I think it was before we turned the recorder on. But, uh, you know, as you're blessed in the Lord or as you mature in the Lord, mm-hmm. pride can sneak in. And... And then that can take you off track. So you're on a good track and the enemy says, oh yeah, you think you're blessed? <laughs> well, I'm going to puff you up with pride, right? And uh, before they even really had understanding about these things, Solomon or whoever wrote this understood that when you're praised, when people say good things about you, it's a test, just like silver and gold are, are tested in the crucible. 23, know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. For riches do not last forever, and does a crown endure to all generations? So it's saying, whatever God gives you stewardship over, mm-hmm. pay attention to it. Take care of it. That's why I'm constantly trying to get you on to take better care of your toys, right? Not leave them out in the rain, right? What does it have to do with getting a dog? Nothing. <laughs> okay, I so... <laughs> So, you should. Um, okay, guys, shh. so we take care of the things that the Lord gives us. If Yeah, if it were a dog, we take care of that dog. You know what happens to most kids? What? Um, and, you know, we'll get a dog at some point, but they get a dog and they're really excited. And for about a week, they take really good care of it. And then they decide, um, I don't, I'd rather go do something else. Well... When you're given something to take care of, you're committing to taking care of it. And so whatever that is in life, you actually focus on stewarding it, right? And we are finishing up with Second Thessalonians. Somebody joined us. Yeah. Mr. Callum is here. So he, you know, he starts out by rejoicing that they're growing in their faith, even through the suffering. And he talks about you know, that there will be a time when those who are doing evil will be punished. Mm -hmm. A great day of the Lord will come and there will be judgment. We actually talked about this Mm -hmm. last night, that there will be judgment on those 
And then he shifts he said, the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. So there's destruction and punishment on them because of the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might is how nine ends. Verse 10, when he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints. Mm-hmm. So there's a day when he's glorified in his saints. The popular religious view is to think, oh, the Christians are just kind of down here worthless, and they look up, and Jesus comes and saves the day. And and there will be a day that Jesus comes in the flesh, I believe. But what is very clear in Scripture, that there is a time before that where he comes in his people, that the glory fills his temple. Who are his temple? Us. His people. That's right. And so... That's very specifically what it says here. When he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. So obviously, we're, I mean, we should be marveling every day at who he is, right? But that marveling will only increase at just the amazing... <laughs> I don't have big enough words, but... The fullness of God, right? 11. To this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. So saying until then that, you know, that God continues to build you up and train you and make you worthy of the fullness of this, that you grow in faith and power. 12. So that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him. We are built to glorify God. Do you know that? And since Jesus has made this unification possible between us and God, that mm-hmm. that he himself is glorified in us, in our very lives. And you in him, he also gives us his glory. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. So we are glorified in him according to the grace of our God. So that means, it, well, I'll finish the finish the chapter according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ it is their grace it is beyond our ability for these things to happen we can only marvel at it and say yes and amen God Mm -hmm. I give myself to you for this purpose this is righteous and holy you are good and I say yes do this in me Lord I will follow you you see that Mm -hmm. thank you Lord for this mighty truth we are yours You want to say goodbye? Goodbye. God bless you.